Just blanks, right? Welcome to Slaying the Unicorn. We're your hosts, Zach Miller and David Citron. And this is where we take a more realistic approach to technology and the industry behind it. We proudly step out of this tech circle jerk and read between the lines so you don't have to. Sure, we're cynical and we scoff at the tech eco chamber, but it's necessary if you don't want to believe in all the fake news you read from TechCrunch. Glad to have you today. Yeah, it's great to be here. This episode is brought to you by Unicorn Jerky, a t-shirt site that shares our love and disdain for technology. It's great for presents. David, what's your favorite shirt? Um, I say the, the shawarma as a service is kind of my favorite shirt. I feel like it really encompasses everything that SaaS is all about. You know, just really disgusting old meat spinning on a spindle for hours and hours. But, but and can hours. you scale that? Yeah, I mean, if, if you take another spindle and put more meat on it, you could just do that again and again and again. You can get to like crazy scale. And remember, like, you know, if you can get to economies of scale, that's also great. You can have really cheap shawarma. So the whole SaaS model just works, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm not a SaaS expert. Where would I get one of these shirts, David? Well, I'm pretty sure they sell it everywhere. It's no. at www.unicornjerky.com. Oh, okay. Right, that's where I got it. So first up, we have our Tech Sacks segment, where we jump in and discuss useless technology. We may slay some sacred cows and unicorns along the way. David, what, uh, what came across your desk this week that you thought was useless? Wow, so many useless items on my desk. It's not even funny. Uh, I guess the first thing we can start with is uh, our buddy Eric Schmidt, who is putting everyone at ease saying that the Skynet apocalypse is only 10 to 20 years away. So for now, there's nothing to worry about. Um, I don't know about you, Zach, but every time Boston Dynamics – releases a new video that demos their robots. I have nightmares. I get, I've heard, yeah, I, 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 yeah. My, my, my fear level like grows by a factor of 10. The way they treat these robots, they're going to remember how shitty we were with our hockey sticks, slapping them and <laughs> kicking them around. So I, like, I literally say goodnight to my children. I think it's the last time every night when I see those videos. Yeah. Tomorrow, like the, the toaster could be enslaving us. It's, it's pretty much, you know, or at least opening the door. Right. Yeah. And then we'll, and then we'll just slap the shit out of him with a hockey stick. Yeah, but uh, that dude's coming so, back. The whole thing is just so stupid. And, and again, this is like another another you know episode in this whole like long debate that Elon Musk is freaking out and thinking that you know uh, doomsday is upon us and the robots will enslave us. And Eric Schmidt's like, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, whatever. I have my own nuclear bunker. Well, I'll be protected. And but he's not even is, saying it's not going to be that bad. He's just saying it's not going to happen right yeah, away. Yeah, he's like he's basically saying I'll probably be dead by then, so I don't really give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's right? really yeah, really reassuring, right? Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Uh, but yeah, it's it's super easy for like super rich millionaires to say like, oh yeah, there's nothing to worry about. Uh, where they're probably going to be like the elders of Zion controlling the robots, and us schmucks are going to be stuck over here, uh, you know, getting slapped with hockey sticks by robots. So what's like a poor middle aged guy supposed to do? Um, invest in flamethrowers, I guess, <laughs> or at least in Google stock. Yeah, Google stock. Um. But yeah, that's it's just crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand how that's supposed to make me feel any better. It actually makes me feel worse because not only is he admitting the fact that there's a problem, but he's just so blasé about it. Where I'm just, you know, just the, the clock is ticking now until I become, uh, 
<laughs> a, a robot sex slave. <laughs> I can't wait to see that, David. Uh, speaking of making you feel worse, I, I'll tell you something that that it's making me feel really, really bad right now. There was there was some news on Wired about a millennial Viagra startup called Hims. I think that's how you pronounce it. H I M S. It's okay. now worth two hundred million dollars. And I literally threw up in my mouth a little bit when I heard that. <laughs> right. I mean. That, uh, I actually shat my pants, so I guess you know we, we got both ends covered. Well, but, and, uh, and you did spend quite some time on the website, kind of deconstructing it. Oh, you? I'm actually like a repeat customer. I've been buying there for, for quite a while. <laughs> but they sell uh, two products, right? Right. So they say they basically sell two products. They say, no, actually three. They sell Viagra. Uh, they sell hair loss treatment products and skincare products. Now, the the first question that comes to mind is. Why are millennials dealing with these issues? Isn't this like a forty-year-old man issue? You, you tell me. You're 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 the old person, but I, well, I mean, it's like, a simple answer, and it's one word: Pornhub. But Pornhub. <laughs> but but seriously, like that website, it's crazy. Like, who is that marketing to? First of all, the first thing I noticed, it's all in like Starbucks, uh, like cup holder uh, color, like background. Okay. Yeah, and and there's not a woman. And again, and it could be for gay people. Like it's the equal opportunity podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, Hashtag there's not a <laughs> there's not a single woman on the website yet. The website feels like it's written all by women. Yeah, it probably is. How it's emasculating! Super emasculating. Also, I don't know. Everything here seems so like innuendo, and all the imaging is just like supposed. I don't know. I don't know what what's the goal here, and the fact that it reaches a level where it's worth two hundred million dollars. For just like a Shopify website that sells sex products and, and hair loss products and, and skincare products? Why? What's happening here? What's happening to – this is my generation, unfortunately. I know. I, like I, before you took Viagra, which which I've never taken, honestly, and, and maybe I aspire to. I don't know. But the point is like <laughs> wouldn't you research it a little bit more? There's not – it's so contentless, this website. Like you – like – here, just buy it. I don't even need a prescription. Just buy it. Yeah, don't even worry about sure, it. Sure, go I mean, ahead. Great. If, Whoa. If, if, if I was that, if I was that blasé about about buying Viagra, I just go into my spam folder and just you know pick a random email that I got for discounted Viagra right. pills. And if you're that blasé about life, that's why you have erectile dysfunction to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh, so so I think we solved the problem. Uh, and uh, get off the internet, millennials. Yeah, you're welcome, millennials. <laughs> Well, it could be worse. They could be living in China. Right. Wow. China. How's that you know for what? a segue? Well, it's an awesome segue. Because you. you know I it mean smooth. Really unless smooth. you're unless you're that Silicon Valley VC guy who says that, you know, companies should learn from uh China how to treat their employees. We covered that in one of our previous episodes. Um I don't think most people view China as such a positive, happy place to live. Um well, one, and it's gonna get worse, right? I mean, it's already getting worse. One example is apparently, you know, China is getting is is inspired by, uh, you know, Hollywood movies that came out ten years ago, like Minority Report. Was it more than ten years ago? Probably I don't even remember. 10. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and they're apparently tracking people using big data. I, lo I love how people use that term, big data. I'm, I'm actually using air quotation marks here, big data. I could feel them, actually. Could you feel the them wind, through the- yes, Yeah, the butterfly effect. We're not even in the same room, it's crazy. But this isn't even big data, this is little data. This is like- Yeah, it's like really basic, like rudimentary, like people who buy certain products and items that are flagged. I mean, obviously, if you're gonna buy a flamethrower or a bazooka, you should get flagged by your local uh, authorities. So basically what they're doing is they're tracking all, they're actually isolating it to a certain region in China that has a high population of Muslims 
And the Chinese government claims that a lot of terrorist activity is being, you know, is sparked and is being practiced in that area. So what they're doing is they're using big data again to track these people and then, and then, you know, pre-arrest them before they've done anything wrong and take them to re-education facilities. Yeah, to, that just sounds so spooky. Yeah, and, and basically from what, I, from what we were able to understand from the article that we read, they're being taught traditional Chinese values and they're being re-educated to be upstanding Chinese citizens. Um, this is all- that, That's know, like code word for a work camp, right? Yeah, yeah. obviously that's, that's code word for a work camp. They're, they're, they're probably not sitting in air conditioning classrooms Learning about uh, taking historical, like, multiple choice uh, test, uh, tests. No, yeah, probably not. They're no. probably making iPhones, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the policemen who arrested them were wearing those like Google glasses that we right? Read, that so, we, yeah. So, so that's just like it's just like another another you know uh, um, link in the chain of of ridiculousness that that China employs in law enforcement. But you know maybe they're right. Maybe maybe we're the ones who are wrong. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> they're also using uh, AR glasses, right? Augmented reality smart glasses that are able to identify criminals based on facial recognition technology. Now, you know, we can say, you know, we can use the very cliche racist, racist, uh, a thought where don't they all look alike and how, how strong is the, is the facial recognition technology there? But still like, that's so messed up. You know, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of false positives and people get arrested for no reason. How, well, how about getting arrested before you actually committed a crime? Right, it's just like, oh, I didn't like the way you were looking at me, so I'm gonna arrest you. Um, you your eyes look shifty to me, so I'm gonna arrest you. Again, that was super racist. <laughs> but uh, it just, the, 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 you know, China. I don't know if sh we should be admiring you or really, you know, concerned about what the hell you're doing. I think this is all like fa false flag stuff. I actually think this is all just propaganda. Like China's not doing any of this, you know. Yeah, you think it's it's like it's, it's like, like Trump or you know yeah, Russia. Probably, I, it, there's really nothing happening. There's no glasses. There's no I criminals. Think, I there's think no the jails Americans are, even. Yeah, I think the Americans are just scared of how China's whooping their ass worldwide, um, and they're just trying to make them look bad. Yeah. But uh, you know, even if it's pretty bad in China, it's not as bad as working for Uber. Apparently, according to a recent MIT study, where they're making three dollars an hour after tax and gas and expenses. Good segue. I normally make the segues here, but yeah, you see, that was, I'm, that was I'm, smooth. I'm getting confident, so you know, watch out, Zach. And so that that was a Reuters article. Uh, I guess there was there were some academics that that studied Uber, and, and after a lot of uh, you know inputs and, and looking at um, you know sort of the total cost of driving and stuff like that, came out that Uber drivers typically make less than four dollars an hour. Now, let you know, let's just role play a little bit, David. And we're not on the Hims website right now, but but we're role playing and. <laughs> I'm Uber and I find out that information. What do you think you do next? Oh, if I was Uber, okay, again, am I am I the morally responsible and uh, upstanding You're still Uber. Uber or am I still Uber? Oh, <laughs> I don't think Uber, Uber is, yeah. If I'm Uber, I'm upping my commission and slicing that $3 in half because it's way more than the Uber drivers deserve. That's if I'm Uber. <laughs> if I'm a normal person or a normal company that actually has you know a soul, I guess, I would say, oh wait, this this doesn't really make any sense. The whole concept of the you know the gig economy and the sharing economy is to you know increase the level of opportunity that is available to everyone. But apparently, it's just another way of creating a sweatshop on wheels where you take advantage of people who are really struggling to make ends meet. 
Yes. And um, so Uber did something sort of in between. Um, and we'll link to this in the show notes as we link to all of these articles in the show notes. But they basically took to social media to deny that this was actually a case. They actually threw shade on the methodology that these um, that these researchers used to determine, which I don't really understand why it's so complicated to determine how much money an Uber driver actually makes. Right. Um, but they claimed the whole methodology was incorrect. But I, this, I mean, it might be that it, the methodology was wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. I, I think you and I discussed a, um, an art, a survey that came out about two, three weeks ago that uh, people in Silicon Valley who are making 400K a year are considering themselves middle class. Um, but that, I mean, th there was a whole bunch of problems there. But one of the most interesting you know, things that you and I you know, uh, noticed was that the range of people who consider themselves middle class was people making between $10,000 to $400,000 a year consider themselves middle class. So I, I don't know who, where you can be middle class making $10,000 a year, but that, that's, that's like... That's like Uber driver salaries. <laughs> well, this is clear. Like, and let's just state it clear. Like, if you're an aspiring Uber driver out there, and it's fine. Like, if you have to hustle, like we all hustle. Like, do what you need to do. But like, whatever you make for that per hour, you know, driving that you start at, can expect that to be cut in half, like within months, within years, guess, right? Like I, right away. Right. I guess the way to to mitigate that is to you know maybe invest in a startup that creates vending machines for. For Uber cars, right? Like, I don't know, like Sell car a Twix bar, or, right? Yeah, right. I Some mean, cokes, that, cold that, water, newspaper. That, that company's going somewhere for sure. Probably to the shithole, but <laughs> that it's still somewhere. So, I mean, anyway, I, I think I Uber is still the old Uber in my mind because, um, because this, yeah, Brober, because Brober. they're because they took to the to social media and because they're like so. Like they're just so like aggressive about anybody that wants to say anything negative about the company. I just feel like there's no, right. like you're you're automatically on the wrong side if you, if you so say defensive. anything. Yeah, exactly. Like methinks thou protest too much, right? Yeah, methinks thou's correct. Anyway, <laughs> Uber. I mean, and you know, one of the things David to be and fair, I to be fair, to be fair, Lyft was also part of that study. Yeah, so that's it's not true. That's true, and that's the model. Again, that's the model for these 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 companies, but, right? But that but that's the funny thing. Like you know, nobody gives a fuck about Lyft. <laughs> nobody even said anything, right? <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody even you know asked them for a comment. Only Uber was like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're Uber. But Lyft was like, hey, does anybody care if we're oppressing human rights? Crickets. No, nobody. Yeah, remember remember those articles a few months ago where like Uber drivers were like sleeping in their car because they were like had to get like they had to be ready for surge pricing and everything like that because it was the only right. money they could make during the day. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, Uber. You're really making the world a better place. And uh, last up for the tech sack, we've got, surprise, surprise, SoftBank in our crosshairs again. Right, SoftBank. I I'm telling you, I'm they sure. They need to stay out of the news, right? Right, they need to stay out of the news or, or they need to you know, just start paying attention to our podcast and what we're saying and not follow it as a playbook of what to do. <laughs> yeah, I think they're actually they're, they're listening to us here. They, they, they must because either, either we're both equally retarded or – they are just, you know, listening to every word we're saying and, and using it as their investment thesis and strategy. And, um, and honestly, I think you and I were spot on. I think like our and, and we, you know, we don't know more than the average douchebag about SoftBank. Right. But like this, there was an article this week in The Wall Street Journal called How SoftBank, the world's biggest tech investor, throws around its cash. Right. So like even the title is, is sort of like, you know, yeah. debilitating. You know right? yeah. They're yeah. throwing around cash. They're not investing. They're throwing right. it around. And like some of the some of the some of the examples that article brought was like, like 
in our worst imagination, that's actually what was happening. Right. So, right. so <laughs> we, we, we were just like, you know, uh, talking shit about how like, they were like, yeah. you know, doing coke in, in an office and, and just like throwing a bunch of, uh, you know, decks at a wall and whatever hits, uh, you know, whatever, whatever sticks is their next investment. But apparently that's pretty much exactly how their investment process works. Right, yeah, Zach? That's their modus operandi there. So again, let's recap. So SoftBank, you know, great telecom company, though it's still not 100% sure where all this money comes from, but they, they did raise the world's largest, I guess, technical VC fund. It was $100 billion or close to $100 billion. And they've already spent, what, half of that, like within a year of launching it. So the, the, the pace is insane. Um, and, and so this article, the Wall Street Journal article, talks about uh, the founder, and I, I don't want to, I can't pronounce his name, so they call him Masa. Um, anyway, it says like, you know, he'll make a decision to put tens of millions of dollars into a company after a 15 to 30 minute meeting, meaning a first meeting. You're not having follow-ups. You haven't seen balance sheets and stuff. It's like, you so know. So basically just like every other VC, just this time with hundreds of millions of dollars. Right, you would just never want to admit that, right? Yeah. But the scale here is different. Right. Uh, and then there's a story about WeWork, and obviously WeWork made our, our short of the week one week. Um, not that it's necessarily a bad company or a bad investment, but just that it's not a tech company. Right. Um, so there, there's, there's, you know, in, in the article, it, there's a quotation, SoftBank's Masa wanted to invest in WeWork. Most SoftBank directors were opposed, concerned it was an overvalued real estate company, which was our analysis. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, Zach, you and I should become SoftBank directors because that's exactly what we said. It was an overvalued real estate company with really good you know, interior designers. Yep. No, no tech behind it. Uh, pure commodity. Uh, again, like, so it, it just... It just goes to show that everything's a lie, nothing matters, everything's bullshit. It's just a matter of how well you can raise a fund and how quickly you can deploy it and make some noise about it and then hire a, a, a PR guy to explain your ridiculous investments. Once again, the tail wags the dog. Yeah, at wag. I'm not quite sure what that means, but um, I think that'll, uh, that'll do it for this week's Tech Sack. Our next segment we call FUCAO. That's an acronym that stands for Fucked Up Company of the Week. Here we look beyond the press releases, beyond the industry accolades and back padding, beyond the buzzwords, and really just uncover some unseemly shit when it comes to tech companies. Pretty easy one this week, David. Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Amazon. Sorry, Amazon. Sorry, Jeff. I know. I do like I our cheap shit, but yeah. you're one messed up company, bro. I, I love Amazon Prime and I love next day delivery, but Jeff, sorry. I know we go way back, but it's it's, it's happening. We're, we're doing it this week. So, so uh -oh. Here's what's really happening in Amazon. As they get more and more efficient to deliver you your cheap shit, they're obviously uh, they're automating and using robots in their in their factories. But even the human people that are in those factories, they're also sort of automating and turning into robots. Right. I mean, so of course, yeah, obviously, because so, that's what I mean, you should do. I, right. So I'm so. Jeff Bezos is, is notoriously known for like you know squeezing uh, the maximum amount of efficiency out of anything that has to do with Amazon. I mean that's just, that's just their style. I don't know if people read the 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 the, uh, the biography about Jeff Bezos and building the company, but you can see like the management style is very cutthroat, very very tough. So that's I mean and, and that's how he was able to build such an empire today. The company is just like one I think one of the most uh, successful tech companies in the world. Um, but one one article that that, uh, that that caught you know. Our eyes. Um, there's a New York Times article where it t discusses a patent that was granted to, to Amazon. Where the the title of the article is "If workers slack off, the wristband will know," and Amazon has a patent for it. So basically, Jeff Bezos is going to equip his warehouse workers with wristbands that will know what they're doing, when they're doing, how they're doing, and if it's work related. It even goes, you know, so far to say that if they're, they're taking a shit, it'll take you how long 
it'll, it'll, Amazon will know how long they were wasting time, you know, with their bowel movements. So this is just like pretty insane where the level of, you know, privacy invasion that Amazon is employing with its, with its employees is just, it, it's, you know, it, where, where, where does it end? Where, where's the limit? You know, everybody's talking about how Amazon is just kind of eating the world. Um, and there are, there are already a lot of discussions about people saying, you know, Amazon has way too much power. Um, you know, even the, the fact that Amazon wants to open a second headquarters and you literally see, see cities prostituting themselves for Amazon just so they will win the new a Amazon headquarters. Because they're, like, they're, they're basically like a country within a country and they can do what they want, how they want and when they want. So it's just it's, it's crazy what's going on there. I, I don't know if, if you think any differently, Zach. No, I, I think we're of like mind here. Um, I, I think, and the the article, the New York Times article, tells us kind of a sad story about this worker there who, who basically had to quit after two years. His, his health like deteriorated. He got a little bit psycho, and like because he just there was this crazy pressure on him to have to meet these targets. And I think he was, you know, he was a warehouse worker. Uh, right. He, didn't, he complained he didn't have time to go to the loo. You know, I mean, you always have time to go to the loo. Yeah. Always. That's like that's one of your like guilty pleasures of life. You go and take a shit. You enjoy yourself. I mean, especially when you're at work. That's like your me time. So Amazon kind of sucks in that respect. But I mean, still next day delivery and cheap shit. I mean, uh. <laughs> it's like the it's like the electronic version of like a whip. Right. It's right? Definitely. I mean, I mean, well, what's next? They're gonna start, you know, shocking you, like sh exactly. Shocks? Yeah. It's gonna be like a shock wristband where you know, oh, you you weren't working fast enough. I'm gonna shock you. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> We're talking about you know how, what's the level of of detail they're going to be able to get into about what the employees are doing when you know obviously they use the word slack off in the, in the title portraits of your words by the New York Times because we're we're both thinking about you know you know will they know if you're jacking off or not uh, which is super important especially you know with big data uh, and and obviously Hims is is going to capitalize on that because it's really important for them to know that <laughs> but it also connects the apparently there. There, there's been uh, um, a lot of false positive uh, 911 dials from Apple watches uh, from people wearing them. And one, one interesting story that we saw on Reddit was a guy said that in the middle of uh, him having sex with his wife, the wristband accidentally dialed uh, 911 and he could hear the 911 respondent uh, actually getting really stressed because she thought something bad was really ha happening and both him and his wife finally realized what happened and they they thought it was really funny i actually but, think this is a big story that hasn't been reported by the way i think like for whatever reason the, the apple watches are so easy to dial 911 i think you just have to press the button for an extended period of time and it calls that like it literally is tying up like 911 centers around the country and people are right. literally dying because of this right um yeah, it's it's crazy. But but back to Amazon. Uh, let's talk about their their latest uh, latest round of feuding with Google. What, what what's happening there, Zach? So everything is getting ratcheted up there. So it it sort of started um, way back when in 2015, um, when it retaliated against Chromecast and Apple TV for not allowing easy access to Prime Video. Um, so. The companies later feuded over YouTube streams on Amazon's Fire. So, like, basically, there's this tit for tat kind of going back and forth, where uh, Amazon and Google are both vying for uh, for the customer, right? And uh, so they're 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 not playing nicely at the at the at the minimum at the at really what's happening is it's it's almost like a trade war, right? So yeah, yeah. So this week we found out. So Nest, uh, which if if you remember is the smart thermostat that that Google bought. Um, was sort of not being, I guess, came out with a new version and it wasn't being listed in Amazon. 
Right. So basically, from 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 the article that we read, uh, or from our sources, which is the internet, uh, basically we read really well. Yeah, we, we're so good at reading. Um, so basically, there was a, a call between Google and Amazon, and, and Amazon informed Google that they will no longer be stocking uh, uh, Nest products um, in their warehouses, and they said that the the order came from uh, from above, um, which is, is yeah, it, it, it isn't God. It, it, it's Jeff Bezos, which is you know I guess the Close. closest thing too. But it, it just it's just another like bullshitty kind of you know schoolyard crap where where this is really what's going to you know annihilate your competition amazon really that's what's going to kill google by you not stocking nest and i guess you know you can also argue that now with the billion dollar acquisition of, of ring by amazon the, you know, which is that doorbell company the, the smart doorbell i guess it's it's like a strategic move uh not to cannibalize their own you know acquisition but it's still again i don't think nest is, I, I, do, do nest have a smart doorbell i'm not sure i, I think it was i thought i thought it was just like a home surveillance and uh and thermostat mm -hmm. kind of product i don't know yeah, but it's a race to own you know the house right yeah, essentially it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a race to own the, the smart home but i just don't i don't understand what's what's the point you know guys it's just it, it's just so stupid it makes amazon look even worse because it just goes to show how much power amazon has amazon basically owns just, i mean just like all these these platform companies like facebook who owns the playing ground and they can just turn off their algorithm and just Fucking destroy companies. I don't know. There was a uh, uh, little things, uh, which is a um, uh, like a, 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 a social-based uh, company that, that really you know made their money off, uh, off you know content syndication and, and, and news feeds, and they shut down this week because of Facebook's uh, algorithm change. It just goes to show like how much power these platforms have. Which again, you know, we live in a capitalist society where they can do whatever the fuck they want. And we like our cheap shit. Yeah, we like our cheap shit. I like my cheap shit. I don't give a shit that Amazon's listening to me or Facebook's listening to me. For all I care, a dozen more companies can shut down. I want my cheap shit the day later. But still, it just it it writes it rightfully so sparks the debate whether these companies are too strong, too powerful, um, and should be uh, of some sort of concern. Agreed. Um, and you know, before we end the Fukao segment of this week. Um, have you ever noticed when you go onto Amazon, like the, sometimes, you know, you'll find a book, five, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. And sometimes there'll be a book out there that's like 555 bucks. Right. You ever noticed that? I've noticed that. I always thought that they were just really, really, really good books for really, really smart people. But apparently, <laughs> apparently it's really, really shitty books for very smart scammers. Uh, crooks for books. Yeah. Books for crooks. Books for crooks. So apparently like, this is it's just some some guy uh, Patrick Reams, uh, who's who's an author, uh, received a tax form from Amazon saying that he made twenty four thousand dollars selling books on Amazon's Create Space, which is an actual you know book printing arm. For which is Amazon. cool. Yeah, which is except awesome. he didn't sell that many. Yeah, he didn't sell any. He said <laughs> he, he 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 didn't even understand what books they were talking about. And then when he investigated, he found that there were books on Amazon's platform that were being sold for $555 per book. Um, and inside the book, there was just gibberish, nothing. And apparently this is just like a, uh, it goes much deeper into the fact that it's just like this, this I don't know if it's a, you can technically uh, categorize it as money laundering, but some sort of credit card scam where the sellers post these fake books, they use stolen credit cards to buy the books and they take the 60% Commission on the book, so like, so, so that it's just a way for them to to process stolen credit card transactions in a way that's, I guess, technically money laundering. Um, and Amazon 
you know, also they 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 have their cut, so they they have zero incentive to 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 stop it. Well, it's <laughs> even better because in crypto you can't really go back to dollars, um, and this you can actually move directly into a bank account right afterwards. That's what some right. of the scammers were saying. So I guess Amazon's biggest uh, you know asset for for us as, as mankind is is just their uh, money laundering platform as a service. So that's NLP as a service, right? Yeah, I like that NLPAS. There's a shirt. Mulplas. 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 So so yeah so so Amazon's really getting some really bad raps uh, past couple of weeks. There was also another a bunch of articles about how uh, a lot of counterfeit products are being sold on Amazon and Amazon's not doing enough to 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 crack down on it. So Amazon definitely has some work to do in order to become you know the the the, the leader of the free world, which I'm guessing is what uh, Jeff Bezos's ultimate plan is, and then eventually he's going to open a you know, a branch on Mars or, or whatever dumb shit he's doing. But uh, Jeff, if you're listening to this, Mark Zuckerberg tried to annihilate us and shut us down. He failed miserably. We're still up and running. So bring it on, Jeff. Best, give it your best shot, buddy. And that is why Amazon was the Fukao company of the week. In our last segment, we look at what's happening in crypto land. If you thought Silicon Valley was a frothy place to spend your time, crypto is insane. We separate the shaft from the wheat. And just talk about some insane things going on there as well. And this week we have a particularly insane scenario, don't we, David? Yeah. So, again, it's not really insane when you think about it. Well, it's state-sponsored um, insane. Yeah, yeah. state-sponsored insane. So, again, you know, everybody's launching a, a, a cryptocurrency. We can talk about it for hours, you know, the, the, the most obscure uh, currencies that are being launched. But now Venezuela decided to hop on the bandwagon and launch their own uh state-sponsored cryptocurrency called the the petro which is the, where their original currency their actual currency is called the bolivar well, super cool names for a currency much better than a you know the stupid dollar but they're both equally worthless and, and ridiculous uh on paper so so the petro was going to do something kind of cool right like at least right. in in its description Indeed. it was going to be backed by by oil reserves right right but the problem is it's, it's it's just not it's not backed by oil reserves not backed by anything it's the they 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 word it in such an ambiguous like vague way where they say that some one can liquidate the currency based on the current value of the venezuelan oil from the prior day like there's no there's no actual like exchange methodology there no nothing and the funny thing is like the, the actual citizens of 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 venezuela can't even buy the, the the cryptocurrency like right because they don't take bolivars right right every currency but bolivars right because why would you take bolivars when you know they're not even worth the paper that they're written on so it's just the whole thing is just so so ridiculous and, and it makes no sense and it's just like another chapter in, in in the shit show that is venezuela and what's going on there a country that on paper should be one of the richest countries in the world but you know in practice and in, in reality is one of the most corrupt ridiculous countries in the world that just cannot seem to get their shit together. So, so Matt Levine at Bloomberg had, had an article on, on, on this Petro and uh, you know, we'll link to that in the show notes, but, but one of the things that he mentioned, which just get, it's, it's hilarious and I'm sure it's actually not just relegated to the Petro, but um, there's different in different formats on the white paper and on the website, uh, like Venezuela couldn't even get its story straight about like, right. which, which, like which code it was using. Right. Like, right. 
This seems like it seems like some some dude in the Venezuelan government decided. Hey, to, let's raise some no, money. We'll do yeah, that. Yeah. Let's do an ICO, and then he went like to a bunch of different white papers and like copy pasted a bunch of shit together and like created some you know some an official Venezuelan white paper for the Petro, and you know didn't even get his you know his fact uh, you know didn't check his facts and you know and get everything straight before like they actually launched it. So one place it says that it's on the Ethereum network, and the other uh, the, the other place it says they're on, they're on the Nem network. So everything is just so. So messy and, and, and stupid, and, and anybody with half a brain, unfortunately, most crypt, crypto investors don't have half a brain. But anybody with half a brain would be able to see that this is very scammy at best, and if not a total, absolute clusterfuck of a mess uh, at worst. Yeah. So, so Matt sums up completely, and I'll, I'll read just one line from from the article. Imagine that someone told you, without using words like crypto or blockchain, that Venezuela was planning to issue perpetual zero coupon unsecured debt that could be used to pay taxes in Venezuela at a valuation begged to the price of oil, but that Venezuelans wouldn't be able to buy that debt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, there's no use for that debt other than Venezuela trying to skirt. Like, right. It's basically, you know, Venezuela's being sanctioned internationally and they can't, they, 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 they're, they're, you know, floundering, trying to get out of this, you know, quicksand of a mess. And this is just, you know, one ridiculous way for them to say like, Hey, you know, we're rich in oil. Cryptocurrency investors are for the most part, idiots uh let's launch a let's launch launch a coin that you know maybe we'll be able to to capitalize on it and then you know <laughs> run and make out like bandits like like most crypto scams do so isn't that like the classic punt for our day and age it's like i'm screwed i need money so like that's the if statement and then the then statement is like i gotta launch a crypto right like you're, you're no matter what crypto. right yeah like let's just launch a crypto like people that are going to be filing for bankruptcy they're going to be like wait before i file for bankruptcy personal bankruptcy so like why don't i just do like a personal ico and you know i'm sure they'll find morons to invest because that's just how it looks like this day, these days everyone's investing in anything that has that has the word crypto or blockchain in it and it's just it's it's just pathetic to be honest like you know people use your use use some critical judgment when you're looking at cryptos so what if it's backed by a state? Just because backed by a state doesn't mean it's a good state. It's a bad state. It's a bad country. <laughs> Venezuela, bad. But that doesn't mean we think that people from Venezuela are bad. No, no. Venezuelans are probably really nice people, but you know their country sucks. It's not their fault. And so uh, I think that'll wrap it up for this week's crypto crap. Uh, coming next week, the unicorn jerky ICO. Just, <laughs> just kidding. Anyway. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in with us this week. This, uh, as as always, this was this was a hoot. Yeah, sorry for uh, you know being gone for for so long. I know I know our fans out there were kind of losing their shit, wondering what happened to us. They were clamoring. I don't yeah, know what they, that they, looks like. In some some practice, even thought we were assassinated by Mark Zuckerberg after you know <laughs> everything that's been going on between the the UJ podcast and him. But rest assured, don't worry. We know how to evade. Mark Zuckerberg, he can't get to us. Both yet. online, in crypto land, and in real life, it's part of the Unicorn Jerky uh, Witness Relocation Program. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll check you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.